somewhere between waking and sleeping. On our journey towards the unfathomable deep, there comes a thin moment where we have one foot in the waking world, and the other is in that other world, where we relinquish conscious control. Pausing here, and straddled between two planets that drive one another like gears, the attentive traveller will notice a narrow door, only wide enough to sidle through. This is the border of sleep, where imagination and reality are braided together, a chasm in the crust of consciousness, venting the hot pumice of imagery into the irresistible magma of narrative. Welcome to episode 15 of Stories from the Borders of Sleep, a weekly podcast of curious tales from bordersofsleep.com, featuring original stories by your host, Seymour Jacklin. Visit bordersofsleep.com for more information or to leave some feedback. Artwork is by Robin Trainer, production by Tim Wiles, and the soundtrack for this week's episode is from the album Lines Build Walls by Erin Starks, and it's available from magnitude.com. So, if you're ready to journey with me, then I shall begin. Tolly Pet Me by Seymour Jacklin My father said that if I left my toys out in the garden after dark, a little creature called Tolly Pet Me would come and carry them off in the night. How come? I demanded. This was the in phrase among my friends and I as we were unanimously in the midst of the time of life when curiosity rules and would sooner say, how come, than think. My father explained that his father had actually met Tolly Petme in person. What does he look like? I asked. My father took a ballpoint pen and drew an outline on paper. A spiky sort of ball with two eyes on it to see in the dark and two rubbery-looking legs to carry it back where it came from. Well, I thought I might have seen something a bit like him out of the corner of my eye once. A sort of spiky shadow gone the moment you looked straight at where it was. I'd just been introduced to another inhabitant of the fantastical land that was our garden. Behind the rockery where the fairies hid, there was the tall ornamental grass with leaves like saw blades, and the pine tree that was my space rocket, always poised and pointing skywards for launch. Halfway up the drive was the mulberry tree where I would collect leaves to feed my silkworms, or, bracing myself between the branches, cram the black fruit into my mouth. As much as I hated to eat avocados, the avocado tree was the largest in the garden, and always a friend to me. I can still feel the comfort of its crackled bark on my skin as I sat there for hours, surveying the world and yet hidden. I'd also built a museum of astronomy under the large bush with the red berries that tasted like the acid that got all over my fingers from a leaking battery once. In my museum of astronomy, tennis balls were stuck on branches representing planets in a rough model of the solar system. Tolly pet me though. He only came out at night, and where he came from and went to was just, well, somewhere else. I had to see him, or at least communicate with him in some way, and this would call for every drop of ingenuity that a six-year-old had. I decided that I needed some bait and a dark night, and when the time came, I would set up watch from my bedroom window that had a perfect view of the rockery the rocket tree, 
and the lawn. I scoped out a spot in the garden that I could clearly see from my window and made sure that the last thing I did before going in for supper was to put my big, freckled and orange-faced space hopper right there. It lay on its side and watched me run inside with its permanent grin. I had an aversion to bright orange things as I recall. I think that, on balance, it was orange toys that got the roughest deal at my hands. But that's a story for another day. I've left my space hopper out in the garden on purpose tonight, I told my father, so please don't put it away. You'll lose it, he cautioned. Remember? Tolly pet me. I want to see if he'll take it away, I said gleefully. I was excited about catching a glimpse of him. The space hopper was much less important than my experiment, and it had to be sacrificed in the name of science. That night, as I lay in bed after lights out, I was faced with a dilemma. To get out of bed and go to the window, I would have to risk getting caught by the alien who lived under my bed and terrorised me. Many of the hours I lay in bed, paralysed with a sickening fear of its greasy skin and huge eyes, not to mention the nightly ritual of taking a flying leap into my bed to avoid being grabbed by the ankles. One night I'm sure I woke up and saw those eyes looking at me. So I lay there. As long as I stayed in bed, I'd be safe. I gave up on watching for Tolly pet me. I figured I'd know in the morning if he'd been. Then sleep came. Light through the curtains woke me the next morning. The same light that had the property of being able to dissolve aliens under beds and make it safe to walk within a couple of feet of them. And I ran to the window. No space hopper. My father was in the kitchen. It's gone! My space hopper's gone! I danced with delight round my father. Tolly Petme took it. I fancied that Tolly Petme had a huge hoard of children's toys in his lair and I pictured him there, on top of the pile, his most recent, proud, big orange trophy, my space hopper. I figured I had Tolly pet me on side now. I'd just probably given him the best toy he'd ever had. He'd be ecstatic. Maybe he would write me a note like Father Christmas did when he gave me the Swiss army knife, suggesting that I let my parents keep it for me until I was a little bit older. Or like the tooth fairy, perhaps Tolly pet me would leave me a five cent coin that smelt of perfume. I was sure we'd be good friends in the future, and I did have a fantastic tale to tell my buddies. I lived without the space hopper. The sacrifice had been worth it. Over the next couple of weeks, I made several voyages in my space rocket, hunted insects with a bamboo bow and arrow, and had a nightmare about being chased by an unmanned bicycle. I have no idea what it was that made me look up once from my adventures as I was standing in our hallway in front of a set of shelves that was normally covered by a curtain. But I did look up. There, on top of the shelf, was my space hopper, lying on its side and grinning down at me. I called my father and he handed it down to me. You were lucky, he said. Maybe this time Tolly pet me just wanted to warn you and next time he might really take it away. <laughs>